Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Are you in Are you fashion? In fashion. fashion. So the way I created this was actually draping a bag on the mannequin. Wow. And I completely retransformed it. It's for a particular mushroom. Our collection is inspired in climbing, you know, mountain climbing, yeah. Societal obligations and sort of like expectations on being a man. Spring summer collection, and which is for my own funeral. Did you say for your own funeral? Yeah. My heels are killing me. Hi, I'm Sonia Sly, your host for My Heels Are Killing Me, a podcast that looks behind the scenes of the fashion industry at the innovators, the business, and everything in between. ID Fashion Week is in its 19th year, and this year, well, I was amazed by the diversity of ideas and concepts. The show included designers from the US, Poland, Dominican Republic, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Japan, and Spain, with homegrown talent thrown into the mix too. Now, what I love about ID is the immediacy of the ideas and inspiration, which derives from the cultural backgrounds of each designer. They're informed by their environment and everything that happens within it. Starting with Australian designer Elisa Hamoud from the University of Technology in Sydney and her collection is based around cleverly constructed denim wear, but not as you know it. Each piece is unique and it's all about... Trans-seasonal trends at the moment. So with this jacket, for instance, you can wear this around your shoulders, you can wear it up tight, you can strap it around like how I've worn it. So this is allowing the customer to respond to it in the way they feel comfortable. And with these pants, for instance, you can wear it draped around the waist, you can un- take the top layer off and literally wear the pants on their own. So it's allowing the customer, for instance, to be wearing it from day to night. And then we have our white pieces, which are more conceptually created, where I've used a lot more um, drape and form to it, which was inspired by the bag and this idea of um, movement and mobility. Okay, so they're almost wearing something that looks like a bag? Yeah, so, I have, so the way I created this was actually draping a bag on the mannequin, wow. and I completely retransformed it and put it together, and then whatever I draped, I created into this. So, wow. And the thing is, you'd never know that an existing bag was transformed to make the garment. Elisa says her process is... Quite unpredictable and it always is a surprise when I'm creating something. I never know what it's going to actually turn out. So this was literally an existing bag? Yeah, existing bag and all these straps are its actual handbag straps and I just repositioned them so they can actually accentuate the waist and be functional. Acid wash and the stone wash is another key thing to my treatment. I worked with local Sydney washers. They were the last standing business so it was really good to be working with them and collaborate. I started with a dark denim and it completely transforms using bleach and rock. She even laminates some of it. I just started laminating my denim, adding a sense of waterproof to it, like making it functional. That all goes back to my concept of migration. There's a sense of protectiveness in each of my looks and that was a massive textile feature to it. Elisa's story of migration is connected with her family roots in Lebanon. There is a lot of war and struggle that was happening back when they were born there. And due to all these issues that were happening, um, they had to come through onto a boat to Australia. So that 
had a quite, quite a close tie to my own um, perspective of migration and having a home, I feel like it was it was a huge journey for them, and I wanted to kind of show that and replicate that in my collection, tying my family roots with the American culture as well. There was such a great cross parallel, and it really allowed my denim to have a sense of monument to it. When I looked at migration, I looked at it more from a conceptual side, so the feeling, the movement, the sense of um, interactions. It always inspires me now because I know it goes back to my roots and what my parents stand for. They literally started from nothing and they created something out of themselves. So, What's your vision for how you want to be in the industry? Well, I want to bring, obviously, denim back into the industry. I want to show how it can be something that you should invest in at a high cost and get the most out of the one piece. Through this collection, I wanted to also discourage um, overconsumption. I feel like you should be getting the most out of the one material. And as well as entering ID, Elisa's been submitting her work for various opportunities, including one for denim brand Levi's, which seems like a perfect fit. Yes, I've gone through this major process with them, potentially be working there for the summer break, so I'll be redesigning some denim jeans for them and bring them to the stores. So wow, really exciting. Yeah, oh, That's the next journey, and then who knows after that. I hope to make it more international. Applying and doing all these types of competitions, I feel like that's the best way to get yourself out there on an international scale. Okay, I want to try one of these. I know. Can you describe the concept? So as you can see, this got kind of like a round shape. A lot of details involved in this garment. Kenta Nishimura is a graduate of Bunker University in Japan. Kenta is currently working for designer Isi Miyake and his beautiful collection of knitwear features a series of hidden circular forms. And he wanted to, for people to see this garment and then go, oh, what is that? How... how are they made? You know, that's sort of like curiosity and um, the questions he wanted to bring into people. The way that you look at clothing, is it does it have a traditional Japanese aesthetic? So a while ago he was told by his seniors be more conscious about bringing a Japanese beauty in what you create but he thought you know because since he's a Japanese whatever he creates actually Japanese beauty is in there already so he started sort of um, not paying extra attention to that aspect but still in terms of color and so forth he because he's from Kyoto from Kansai um, what he saw in Kyoto like a beautiful birds or uh, the color of moss and you know, like plant. So he tries to incorporate those in, in his collection. And next is something I didn't expect to find at ID. Uh, my name is Margarita. And your My name is Christina. A duo from the Dominican Republic. And what's special about Margarita and Christina is... Fraternal twins. Yeah, fraternal yeah. twins. <laughs> The twins have always been creative, apparently, and tell me their brother encouraged them to pursue fashion. Yeah, so right now we're here thanks to our brother. Why did you decide to enter ID Fashion Week? That will give us like a, an opportunity to meet all the designers, yeah, networking. Yeah, networking meet. We're so grateful to be here because that will give us like, the experience, how it's yeah. the... To be exposed fashion. to other people. The collection consists of knife pleats, the juxtaposition of delicate organza, raw-edged ruffles and the weight of denim to anchor it, all illustrating the form and texture of the turkey tail mushroom. Now, I just looked it up on Google, and they're like a series of scalloped fans with browns, blues and orange threading their way through. God, I love nature sometimes. So we incorporate different uh, 
way, fabrics, different weights, like on top of it, like denim with organza. It's so illustrate, like visualize what's a mushroom. So we also incorporate denim because it's more organic. They've graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, which is where they also reside. It's very competitive. Everyone wants to be better, wants to like compete with each other. They're shared by how awesome their collections are. That's how competitive it is in New York. Why did you decide to submit as a couple, like as together rather than do individual collections? Because we want to be represented as a twin slash a duo designer. We, so we want to collaborate in our thesis collection and we asked our professor and he allowed us to do it and we want to be recognised as a duo, like they're also twins. The designers behind luxury label The Row. So how do Margarita and Christina work through their design process together? Are there arguments? Do they think alike? We brainstorm first and we talk about what we should go first. Like we draw inspirations, pictures from the internet, and we discuss what is best for our aesthetic DNA brand. We want to be more like streetwear style, but maybe sometime in the future we might change our DNA. We were thinking to be more gender neutral. When you're in the process of designing, I mean, do you both feel that you share? the same way of thinking we actually share the same liking and all the tastes we just discussed it we spent 24 hours together yeah. we go everywhere together we know like uh, likes like or dislikes yeah. and you think that, that your likes are, and dislikes are just as identical as you are yeah. yes that's extraordinary. Uh, some people, they think like it's better for us to be separate and more independent. But for us, because we grew up together as a twins, we will never be separate like in different classes. If we were in different classes, we try to be together in class. Yeah, it's more easier for us because uh, if we feel alone, we can talk to each other. Yeah. Hi, I'm Camila. I'm from Argentina. Hi, I'm Micaela. I'm from Buenos Aires, Argentina. We are two fashion designers of the University of Buenos Aires. And like Margarita and Cristina, they've also designed a collection as a duo, and their label is... Cumbre in Spanish means being at the top of the mountain, and for us is being at the highest point, and also the journey that you have to walk to get there. Which is the theme of their collection? Climbing, you know, mountain climbing, yeah. And we have some details about the mountain and landscapes, Argentinian landscape, like the Patagonia. And um, We chatted about mountains and walking, and apparently it's just a thing that people do there. When in Buenos Aires... Yes, she likes in I winter like, and I yeah. like in summer. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> the, 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 we the like skiing, you know, in winter, so that kind of landscapes are very beautiful. Oh, right. yeah. So that's just, that is what Unlike the others you've just heard, they have a different take on design. With natural wool and synthetic wool and natural stones and also with vinyl. But they also breathe new life into existing garments and completely reimagine and transform them. You have also to create something new, but we believe that's a design. You must have a conscious mind. Do you feel kind of conflicted about being in, like coming into the fashion industry because of the idea of you know excess consumption? That's like a lot of thing to everybody. Uh, we are like a bit controversial when we think about design because you are every moment you are bringing something new, but also. As I already said, you have to be conscious of what you are creating. So if you think who is the one that is going to buy it and why are you making it, that's like a more important decision than the designs uh, 
yeah. only from here on in what do you actually want to do we want to work with like this thing uh, like reevaluating uh, clothes so we want like maybe have a brand of sweaters that you can bring your sweater and we customize it yeah we think it, that's an interesting way to design reimagine it and also you bring yours one and we give it another value so yeah. I believe that everyone has like some love with a with a cloth or a garment that you have in your house, but now it's like rusty and you can use it. And if we revalue it, you can also uh, start wearing again. Yeah. I think that's about that, really. really? And yeah. have you rehearsed? Have you rehearsed? No. <laughs> okay, so you're just going to go. I feel on like I'm yourself. just going to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> Should we sit on some of these tall chairs? Dylan McCutcheon Peach. I have pronounced your name correctly? Yes. Okay. Dylan is a Dunedin based designer and a graduate of Otago Polytechnic. So the idea was quite personal to me because I feel like, you know, within my own personal life, I don't really feel like I fit into any of the like stereotypes of a man. So I wanted to explore that for this collection because I feel like I've never actually designed something that's been this personal. I wanted to look at the idea of like bringing out, you know, the repression and like try to explore that within the collection. People talk about women being repressed, yeah. but how are men repressed? You know, there's so much societal obligations and sort of like expectations on being a man, I guess in the traditional sense of what you would consider being a man. Macho men, you know, you've got white-collar men or very rigid things that everyone expects a man to be. So I started looking into traditional tailoring and then so I sort of just expanded on the suit idea because, you know, a suit is very pinnacle masculine item. But today, in today's environment, everybody's accepted, right? You can be what you want. Or do you feel like there is still some kind of resistance about those sort of gender roles or gender identities? I think it is definitely more accepting now. I guess media is, you know, jumping on the train of bringing it out. But being from Dunedin, it's definitely still some resistance here. It's, you know, a very conservative city, but also not at the same time. I mean, so for instance, the back of one of your waistcoats has a bra strap. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that is such an intimate, personal thing to be attached to a male garment, isn't it? Another thing that I looked at was sort of like society's objectification of women and then like sort of took on the idea of the male gaze that lingerie aspect came out within looking at that, trying to put it onto the man's body. I guess try to, you know, subvert the gaze onto the man's body is something that needs to happen. Does it make you look harder or look away? Like, what have you found from people's, like, responses to that piece in particular? Everyone seems to like it, I think. I have had, you know, a few people sort of laugh and be like, what is this, I guess? You've got to stand by what you've made, so... Where do you, you know, see your place in the fashion industry? I want to, like, go overseas and get into some sort of internship with a tailor and actually expand on, you know, what I've learned myself in tailoring. And then I think, ideally, I want to, like, start my own thing and just do sort of, like, I guess, tailored, bespoke clothing for people. 
Does does the future of fashion and the, the way that it's moving, does that concern you, like being in the industry right now? I mean, it's a very daunting industry, that's for sure. It's very overpopulated. The environment is a big thing and, you know, it's a very ugly industry and that's why I want to sort of, in the long run, only want to offer, you know, bespoke things for people. Basically making to order. Yeah, that's really what I want, you know, because what I've made for this is quite personal and what I would want to make for people it would be very personal as well, so it wouldn't make sense to have it other than bespoke. I don't know, I've always had my reservations with continuing, I guess, because, well, I guess that's the fear, really, of, like, failing. While I'm hanging out backstage on Judging Day, designers are wafting in and out. There's excitement, tension and relief. Lastly, I catch Sun Yin Wong, a.k.a. Hayden, who's just been in front of the judges with her collection, Rest in Pink. So how did the presentation go? Nice, but I'm too nervous. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but... Hayden's a graduate from Hong Kong Polytechnic University and currently works for a London-based menswear label. And let me preface here that her collection is completely the opposite to menswear. There's loads of embellishment and beading, all designed for... Which is my own funeral. And Did you do so for your own funeral? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's kind of a slightly macabre idea. Where did that come from? Oh, actually, because after I researched for the house funeral, um, I think that they are quite boring and quite sad because um, the colour they use mainly are white and yellow tone. But I believe that um, actually death is a blessing and a new start for every soul. So I think that is quite a happy thing. Okay, so you yeah. want to kind of bring life to the moment yeah. of death. You don't see it as something that's grim. You yeah. want to, it to be celebrated. Yeah. And Hayden's colour palette is a stark contrast to the traditional linens used at Chinese funerals. There's an explosion of bubblegum pink and crisp white with a layering of frills and the use of fine silver thread to make patches of woven organza, which Hayden says represent wreaths. Her hero outfit almost looks like a wedding gown. It shows their love and respect to the people who pass away. And how long did it take to make this? Five months. Because I have to hand weave all the fabric and I have to do the beading. Did you weave these yourself? Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like a silver elastic. Maybe let's have a look at one more piece. The coat and with the mirrored buttons. More wearable. I don't look at this and go, oh, that looks like inspired by someone's funeral, you know. Now, there's a ritual that takes place at Chinese funerals where fake paper money is burnt and it's meant as a bribe to the officials at the gates of hell. And plus, those who have passed might need money to buy, I don't know, more clothes once they get to the other side. No matter what the case, Hayden has taken that idea and translated it into her garments by weaving in gold and silver thread, which ties all of her elements so, together. Um, this is just like the texture of money, <laughs> like a silver or a gold. Yeah. So you're working in the fashion industry now, one year out. Has it, is it hard to get a job in the fashion industry in Hong Kong? Yes. Is it? <laughs> yes. Now I'm just a designer assistant, but if you want to launch your own brand, it's very hard in Hong Kong because too many new brands, it's hard to launch your brand, like one to two years. Had you thought about launching your own brand? I want to, but it's hard to do it. But actually, I would love to 
be a bidding technician in the future because I love to do embellishment and the bidding work. Yeah. <laughs> That was Shunyang Wong, and congratulations to the selection of designers featured at ID Fashion Week this year. I'm your host and producer, Sonia Sly, and this episode of Heels was engineered by William Saunders. Now, if you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to Heels, and you can do that via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.